All right. And we're live, Arnie. Welcome to the Agile Contact Centre podcast. Um, in this episode, it's just Arnie and I taking the reins. We don't have any special guests, although I do consider Arnie a special guest. But uh, I, I, I just, consider you special too. Thank you very much. That's good. And uh, and this podcast is being done uh, over over the the World Wide Web through Zoom. So if it sounds a little bit a uh, little bit maybe tinny or something, then that would explain it. Um, but today we want to cover off uh, something that we think is super helpful um, when you are uh, managing a, a, a contact center team in a complex environment. Um, it's the subject around continuous improvement and experimentation. So something very near and dear to both Arnie and I's hearts and something we've had a lot of practice doing. Um, so we want to talk to you about that, uh, why it's important, uh, to build it into the way that you work rather than it just being a tool that you try and just drop in. How do you integrate with this mindset and thinking in the way, way that you work? We'll get into a little bit around systems theory, but not too much, but we think that is some good context um, that relates back to the mindset piece. So understanding the unique system that you're in and potentially what type of system that you're in um, will help you understand why these tools are important to use and when to use them. And we also publish the, uh, we sent a blog out to all the subscribers. So hello to all our subscribers to the website out there. We're sure you're all listening. Um, thank you for being a subscriber and we hope you got some value or will get some value out of the improvement card, a one pager that uh, you got access to through the, uh, the blog um, that we sent out during the week. So we thought this would be a good follow-up to that because while, while we think the one pager is really good and something that you could use um, without too much uh, without too much trouble, uh, a bit more of an in-depth conversation on when to use it and some tips and tricks could be helpful as well. So with that said, how are you doing, Arnie? I'm going well, Sean. I feel like a lot of people... Um I mean, we're how many weeks now into the restrictions over here in Melbourne? Six weeks, I think, maybe coming think to six at least, weeks. Yeah. Mm. At least around that. Uh, I think like many people who have been working uh, from home, uh, getting, getting a bit of a rhythm now in terms of working in this way. Um, mm. it's a, it's what I've found really interesting, uh, and I don't know about you, Sean, but it's the way that humans can adapt uh, two different scenarios. And I've noticed that with a lot of our clients that, yeah, people have just now started to adapt. Some of the frustrations they had have been able to work through that, find a few solutions that work for them. So that's very similar to myself uh, and my wife. My wife is at home. She's upstairs in level three. Um, I call her Cheryl from accounting now. Um, and, uh, and I'm Stephen in, at level two, uh, the office uh, manager. So, you know, I'm always just guarding the kitchen and making sure that it's, it's clean and, and packed. But you know, that, all, all that contributes to having a, a peaceful and, and, um, and, and nice, nice place. So I, I, and I feel very blessed and very privileged as well that, you know, I have work and, and, a, and able to, to, do, to work here and, and still have mm. my health as well. So, um, yeah, feeling, feeling good. That's but good. obviously yeah. keen, keen to get out of these restrictions as well for the sake of a lot of other people. Yeah, I was, I was chatting to um, some clients this morning and they were talking about their, their personalities and they said, look, they're, they're, like you said, they're adapting to this situation and they're starting to make it work and they, they feel like there's real potential in some balance between, you know, that 
office, um, you know, physical office environment and, and then the um, working from home. But, yeah, I think they're kind of at the end of their tether in terms of them needing to actually have some closeness with some other human beings that aren't, you know, that aren't their family or whoever they live with. So I feel the same. Be good. Uh, May 11 is a big day. Right. Yeah, May 11. Yeah. But even though that's happening, we, we still need continuous improvement. And that's we do. Even- so, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to talk about this or mm. talk through continuous improvement, Sean. Um, uh, for, for our listeners, uh, I, I'm not sure what frustrations you have. Maybe you have this really damn pat. Uh, you, you know how to do this. Um, but for some, and, and I've been in those shoes, it, it can be really hard to integrate that into the work. Um, I remember working, um, you know, at, at my older, um, at, a, at an older organization. And it, it, it seemed like continuous improvement was a team's job like this, this yeah. central team's job. And then they would come in and help you do that. And we never seemed to make that just as part of what we wanted to do. We always talked about that, but we just never quite, quite did that. So, um, and so I think that there's a real opportunity to share a few ways of how teams can actually integrate into their work and, and make it a part of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, it, it's so important because um, in, in today's day and age, there's not, there's just so much complexity and so much speed as we see even in, in these times now um, that you, you, you can't just have, you can't just plan something out and expect that one thing to stick. It, it just, it always has to evolve and always has to adapt. And there's almost like a mindset shift that you almost need to change this to think actually there's not necessarily a silver bullet for everything. It's actually all about incremental continuous improvement for everything you do. Yeah. And I think once you start doing that, uh, you, you, I, I think they, they become, there's this, this sense of engagement across your, your team, your organization. Uh, I think that that's one really great um, reason to do it, to, to embed this into your work. Um, but you also reap the benefits of it as well as you go, um, mm. as you see those little wins over time and, and um, yeah, you, you just deliver better in, in what you do. Yeah. When I was thinking about continuous improvement before this, I thought, ah, oh, that, that, that name itself kind of probably carries a fair bit of like different meanings for people. And, and so it's, but, but that's, that's what we're calling it. So that's, that's it. But um, it's, to me, it's the difference between the uh, sort of the, the reactive uh, in process improvement that happens when you just, you know, you kind of almost trip over something versus, being proactive and responding and having mechanisms in place so that your teams know they can, that's something that they can use. And I think what I have seen is that that actually changes the mindset of people. So even if you say, yeah, well, look, we've got a continuous improvement culture. When something happens, we always try and find ways to do it better. And that's really cool. And certainly not taking anything away from that, but actually being purposeful about it and having really overt and um, explicit mechanisms that you can use and um, rhythms and systems that you can use to, to improve processes and, and actively look for ways to improve them, I think changes the mindset that people have. And so they actually are thinking more about the system that they're working in, the end-to-end customer experience, rather than just a point in time or a transaction. So I think for me, it's, it's really critical from a building capability in people's mindsets to being able to you know, work 
in this way as well. Yeah, spot on, spot on. So, what should we should we get into some tools, or what do you think? Yeah, let's let's dive into. Well, before we do the tools, maybe because you also mentioned a an acronym that I that I'm quite fond of before uh, when we were yep. planning for this as well. Um, PDCA. Maybe I'll let you talk a little bit about what PDCA <laughs> is, and yeah, what go for it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the PDCA, basically, for anyone who's not familiar, listening at home, um, it, it really is just plan, do, check, act. Um, and it, it's about these uh, constant, I guess, feedback loops in the work you do um, and, and working these cycles of planning, then doing the work, then come back, coming back to check what, what were the results of the work, what happened, um, reviewing it, and then put those little actions in place. And go through that same loop again around planning, doing, checking, acting. So, uh, for me, like I, I think there's a lot written about it online, and I don't want to add to that. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that people can go have a look. But I think the biggest takeaway I, I feel for anyone is to just embed that into the thinking. You know, yeah. I think we always just go, oh, we just plan and do, but we never leave time for checking and acting. And it doesn't have to be big and arduous and you know, it, it, it really is just something that can be really small. And as you do the work, you know, leave that space, build that into, into what you do. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I just wanted to sort of talk about, but um, yeah, well, your thoughts. That, that, no, that, that's really cool. And I, I thought it was worth bringing up because it's um, I think sometimes not having the language to be able to describe what it is you're trying to do can be a hindrance. So if we could, if you know, if people take away, oh yeah, this concept of PDCA, I get that, right? Okay, so then that's maybe something they can start talking to their teams about as well. Um, and it, yeah, like you said, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Why I like that as well is um, just a very little, kind of a quick, quick touch on systems theory is most most systems that we work within, and, and I suppose at the moment it's a great example. It's, it's quite a complex. Um, the world is very complex. What contact centres and customer service teams are dealing with at the moment is quite a complex set of um, problems within within the system. And having having these tools to use is is very helpful because in a complex one of the attributes of a complex system is that it's even though you might know the solution that you want to get to the um, uh, or you can articulate your problem really well and say right well I know that's my problem, that's where I am today and here's where I want to get to. In a complex system, you can't make a giant leap to that point because they're, it's harder to, um, when, you, when you take an action within a complex system, it can have knock-on effects that, you don't, that you, don't, uh, you don't see initially and that can create ramifications on some other part of your, you know, your contact centre that you didn't, you didn't anticipate. So it's important to, like, like you're saying, do those, to test something, get into sort of a, a short cycle of review, check, and then act again. Um, it's much easier to try and solve problems in a complex system from the edges and sort of just sort of like, I suppose, edge your way into the, the you know, where you want to get to. So, um, yeah, so I thought I'd just touch on that quickly. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully that's that kind of gives a bit more context as to why we want to talk about this this particular way of looking at, um, continuous improvement today. So yeah. let's dive into the, the tools. 
Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to really want to comment as well. Like, I, I'm glad you mentioned about, I talked about complex systems. Um, when you think about customer experience teams or customer service teams, there is a lot of complexity that they'd have to deal with. Uh, and, and the complexity of the world and, and of your teams and of your technology um, is, is felt by your customer service, mm -hmm. customer experience teams. Um, so anyone listening at home, I'm sure you can all relate. And that's what we're talking about in complex systems. You know, it could just be a process that just seems so straightforward. You know, like I think back to like just a payment, you know, making a payment, a, client, a customer making a payment for something because there's so much uh, layering of different technologies, um, different teams that, that have to do this, um, all the different scenarios that, um, of payments as even as example, like all the different ways you can pay direct mm. debit cash. Um, yeah. not, not, not like bags of cash, but you know, uh, you know like the, the, those sort of the, all those, all that contributes to this really complex system. So, mm. um, and, and so therefore it's not as easy to just go, Oh, let's just plan. Let's just have a look at everything. And then mm. just let the, there's your clear answer to the problem. It doesn't yeah. quite work like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. And I think sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on we have a problem, we must have a solution for it, we must get a solution, and that is yes. going to be the, the solution. And so we'll do yes. that, and then that will solve our problems. And then, it, and if it doesn't, then well, then then what do we do next? Hmm. Um, or you know, then there's a whole heap of other stuff that can happen around there in terms of you know, oh well, I said this would solve the problem, and it didn't, so now I feel terrible, or you know, we've um, you know, it's it's, it's not an ideal. Uh, situation from a mindset perspective to think that you need to have the solution every time and so uh, i suppose part of this is not just a tool but a mindset that supports that tool to say it's actually okay to not know how to get from point a to point b um so yeah so maybe we'll let's let's talk about how teams <laughs> can do that um so one of the one of the tools um, that, and that you shared through in in the email as well um, is is the improvement Carter, and this one I, I really really like. Um, it's it's one that I, I feel it, it's just such a such a great tool that that it's underestimated sometimes and and maybe like not used enough, um, perhaps because it seems really simple but it's, it's actually um, really beneficial. And there's some, some concepts within it that I think you can apply to more of your work. Yeah. So, yeah. so if anyone's listening to this, you can look up Improvement Kata, K-A-T-A. Um, it's, a, it's a Japanese term. Uh, I, I, I always get people asking me what it means and I look it up and I go, oh, okay, that's what it means. And then I forget every single time. So I don't actually know the meaning <laughs> for Improvement Kata. <laughs> Well, that's okay because I do. I do remember. Good. <laughs> so, so a carter is a. It's it's like a level of achievement. Um, I believe in um, if we take the martial art example. So, if you were trying to achieve the next belt, they call that a carter. So, you must complete the carter before you achieve that that belt. So, there must you know. I'm guessing there's a some proficiencies and and skills that you need to be able to demonstrate that you've attained successfully before they give you that next belt. And so they call that a carter. And so I suppose as you start to talk through this, this tool, it will become evident why, why it's called an improvement carter. Yep. 
I think that's probably why martial arts was just never something that I was very good at. Um, <laughs> never learned it, so it just just went over my <laughs> past me. But um, so uh, yeah, I, I think so. On that point, improvement Carter, um, really, it, it, there's a, there's a few simple questions, right? So, firstly, understand what is the problem you're trying to solve, right? Um, have that problem in place. So maybe that problem is to um, back to that example about having a, an integrated payment system, right? So right now you have one and it doesn't quite work properly, right? So the idea behind this is you should get everyone who's involved in uh, that process of, of, of that payment as an example or with whichever process you're looking at, get everyone involved and, and get them aligned on what the ideal state or the ideal condition is. So if you, if you teleport yourself down the line, what does this process look like for everyone, right? And it gives you some orienteering around the goal. So maybe one of, one of the things you might put on there would be just a, a, a painless, seamless process. That could be a great goal, great. Um, there might be something about, we're only using two types of technologies, you know, two systems to support this payment system for, for, for the customers. Thinking, this is ideal, you know, what, what that looks like. Um, maybe there's something about we provide all sorts of options as well for, for making a payment. So it's, it's, if we teleport ourselves to this, this perfect state of uh, this payment or this, or whatever the problem you're trying to solve, what, what are the conditions that are in place um, in that ideal world? So you start with the ideal state and then you move into where is it now? So some of that might relay, relay back to the ideal state, but really it, it could be other things that you don't, you, you, you just feel other problems with the, with the actual um, issue itself. So what, what is, what are the conditions right now? Maybe we have 20 different systems that support this payment. We are very restricted as to how we allow customers make a payment. Um, you know, the teams uh, don't talk through the problems when something happens um, you know, there's a problem when problem happens, no one talks through it and we don't find a resolution. Uh, just a few different examples, but getting the team to, to share that, um, sharing what the current state is. And then the next step is really to that point around that next stage and then advancing, you know, in, in incremental stages. Uh, it's, it's coming up with where do you want to get to next? What is that target state? What's that achievable target state? Um, let, and you put, your, put a time horizon around that. It really depends on how much traction you can get and how much involvement you can get the teams um, in to fix a problem, but maybe a month is a good place to start. In 30 days, we, what do we want to have ticked off in 30 days? And, and this is really crucial because often we, we skip ahead and we go, what's that solution to get us all the way to that ideal state? But as you mentioned before, it, it, you, there's not just one thing that's going to get us to the ideal state, especially in a complex environment. It's actually yeah. multiple things that mm. you need to do. Mm. And, and I think that's where a lot of teams get, get stuck sometimes. They go, wow, this is way too big of a problem to solve. So yeah. that's in a too high basket and let's not do it. But this gives you a way to start making some, making some inroads toward this ideal state and getting some... Um, getting some runs on the board and, and that momentum actually creates this, this almost enthusiasm to, to improve something else when mm. people go, Oh, that that's more, 
goal that we set for ourselves, we actually achieve that. Great. What's that next goal? So get the ideal state. Um, that might be we have a resolution process in place for our, uh, for our different teams. Maybe the finance team and the uh, operations team, they have a process in place in a month's time to resolve any, uh, any, um, any problems that they, they figure out. As an example, right? So it's not going to fix everything. It's not going to get us to ideal state, but it's going to make some improvement. Right? Um, so the team agrees on that. And then once you've done that, you then come up with the actions. So, and so this is where the um, plan, do, check, act concept starts coming into play, right? You, you then go, okay, well, what, let's say in a week's time, let's come back for a quick check-in, but in a week's time, what are the actions that we're going to take? You know, so you break it down even smaller. What are we going to do first? Okay, well, we need to run a workshop to clarify a process. So in a week's time, you'll have a process in place. Okay, week two, it might be we need to do a communication. Week three, we uh, now do a test of this process with the smaller group, as an example. And then by that fourth week, you'll have built up to that target state that you wanted to get to, and then you plan out your next target state. So where do you want to get to in the next 30 days? So things would have changed again by that point. So um, that's a little structure that you can start straight away. You can do with, with I'm sure everyone has uh, a really big chunky problem to, to try to solve. You can go ahead and, and use this tool uh, to, to start working on it really. Yeah, cool. I reckon it's the, in its simplicity is the power of this, of this tool. Um, it doesn't mean that it's easy. <clears throat> it's just, it is simple though. Um, and I'd add a couple of things, maybe some tips or maybe just sort of the thinking behind. So when you talked about the next target state, it's really important to make them that next target state, the things that you do safe to fail. So try and reduce the stakes on the, I'll call them experiments that you're going to do to get from, you know, from your current state to your, your next state, um, try and reduce the stakes on them. So that, that actually makes it okay for it not to work without blowing something up. Like your example, the payments thing, like if it was to blow up the whole payment system and customers couldn't pay. Okay. Well, if that's an outcome of running that experiment, then maybe you want to start a bit smaller. Maybe we'll reduce the number of payments you're looking at trying to, you know, touch or whatever it could be but reduced stakes. So that, that makes them safe to fail. Safe to fail is really important. The other thing that you mentioned was the, um, the time frame, 30 days. That's also really important. You need to be able to observe the outcome. So what's the observable value or the observable action of running that experiment? And it has to have an endpoint because if it doesn't have an endpoint, you don't know whether or not you've actually seen everything play out and did it work or did it not work. So when you're coming up with these next target states, make sure they're time bound and make sure you know what you want to see so that at the end of that, you can say that worked or it didn't work. And then you'll know the next step that you want to take that next target state as well. Spot on. Mm. Uh, hey, Sean, mm. we've had a, we've had about 500 plus listens to the podcast so far. Hey, we, we have honey. That's a pretty cool milestone. I think it is. I was very chuffed when I saw that. It's, uh, it's a very humble little podcast that it is, but that's, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, speaking of which, if you are a, uh, a listener to the podcast, 
then we would love for you to give us a rating. So you don't have to give us a, a review, but a rating in your uh, in your cho- chosen streaming service would be awesome. So that just gets it up the rankings, you know, when people are searching or they're, they're, they're looking around so that, um, yeah, we get more people to listen to it. That's our goal. We want this goodness to spread as far as possible. No other agenda. It's just get it up the rankings, get more people to listen to it. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully more people can learn about cool tools like the Improvement Carter. Awesome. Hey, the other thing too I just thought of, and I have seen this work quite well before, is using the Carter approach to coaching. So it, you could target a process or whatever, but using it as a coaching tool as well, you can use it with yourself or you could use it with someone else. So I might have a goal like... Um, Let's say I'm a contact centre leader and I'm trying to set up self-organising teams, but I feel like I'm making lots of decisions at the moment. The target state might be, sorry, the the, the ideal state might be I want to be making less decisions every day around customers. Um, you probably got to be a bit more detailed than that, but you could then say, okay, so what's the current state? Well, I'm making decisions about this, 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 and this. Okay, so the next thing you want to do is, okay, so what's what decisions maybe do you want to start to empower your teams to make and so it's very good also from a from an individual point of view as well it's a really great coaching tool some really good questions in there so if you look up coaching carter you'll find it you'll find that on the internet as well so yeah it's a really really cool flexible little tool yeah i I, and i think that um if you're coaching um yeah someone through it like get get them to come up with though like those target states that uh those actions I think that's where, where it comes really powerful. Um, yeah. And, and it, it gives them that safe to fail type um, environment as well, where they can go, oh, you know, we're not trying to get all the way to the ideal state. We're just trying to get to the target state. Well, maybe I can achieve this. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then as a, as a coach, it's just about encouraging them and, you know, asking are there other options that they could take as well. And, mm. Yeah. Um, and holding them accountable to, to, acting on where what they've said that they want to get to so um yeah spot on i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that mm. the the other tool um and i'm sure a lot of teams have heard of this but i, I definitely know that there, there are some teams that haven't and it's just something that you 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 need to be doing i i, I think there's it's just there isn't a place where you you don't you just stop doing them entirely and i think um the tool is is called the retrospective um and the retrospective is pre- it's, it's pretty basic, right? Really, at the heart of it, it's looking back or reflecting back on a chosen subject. And that could be a project, that could be an initiative, that could even just be how the, the, the team itself, as broad as that. And it's, you, you get the team to answer questions about that subject matter. So that could be, the, the most basic structure could be what's working well, what's not, and what questions do you have or what what do you what needs clarifying and all you do is you get the team and this is the important part that the team can feel safe to write whatever's on their mind about that subject matter um, to answer those three questions Um, and you know that's where you uncover what what people are saying the next part is is tricky um, so you get all these post-its up on, on the wall or your digital wall, as, as many people are doing now. Um, 
you you don't just go straight into it and, and try to read every single one and come up with an action of every single thing that's not working well. That's not the goal and that's not the point behind this because if you did that, then you wouldn't have any time to do your day job, right? So really it's about getting all of those, um, those thoughts, you know, read them out and, and group them into themes. So that's the first step, group them into themes, find what are the, what are the collective themes across the group. And if you have quite a few different themes that once you've done that, um, you get the team to vote on which one to solve. So the team then decides, okay, well, which questions do we want solved or which theme do we want? Um, do we think we need to, we need to talk about. And so you do that. Um, and then once you've got your top themes that you want to address, I'd pick depending on the team and depending on how quickly you can get through it and how much time you have and how much capacity you have to, to take action, you choose how many you want to tackle. So as a team, you might decide, actually, we only have capacity to tackle one of these themes mm -hmm. because, you know, we've got all these big projects to do and we're getting, we're getting a lot of calls right now, or we have a lot, we have big targets to hit at the moment, pick one of the themes. Or if you think actually we can tackle a bit more and get the team to decide, maybe we can do two of the themes or three of the themes and come up with a couple of actions, assign the actions um, and then check in on them, you know, in your weekly meetings or in whichever meetings you have, check in on the actions that you've um, agreed uh, that will help you address these problems. And what I love about the retro uh, tool itself is that the actions are definitely really helpful and they're great, but the conversation itself is, is so powerful in terms of aligning the team to get them all agree. Actually, these, we all agree that this is actually a problem. And when you get that alignment, some of these problems start resolving itself as well in the background because that, that's already aligned in their minds. So um, that's the other tool I'd like to share. Yeah. That's a really good tool. I, th I love the retro as well. It's probably my favorite one. And I think probably as close to a superpower as you could have as a team if you are regularly doing retros because you, I suppose, like, um, like the improvement card, you're, you're being proactive about how you continuously improve rather than waiting for things to become surprises that you then just have no choice but to take action on. Um, and like you said, the, the, the upside of this, other than just getting some of the actions completed and improving things is what it does to the team dynamic. And you start to create teams that can self-organize because they're empowered to have these conversations and fix things. So, you know, the, the dynamics within the team improve, seeing teams go from being very tentative in retros to, you know, you're kind of literally pulling the information out of them to try and get them to, you know, talk about what's going on with their environment to like they're, they're running them, you know, they're, they're, they're actually facilitating the conversation themselves um, and it's very open and honest and safe. So that takes time that, you know, so for everyone who wants to give it a crack, it's, it's quite likely that it'll be quite, um, it won't be as free flowing and easy when you begin, but I just think, yeah, you just, everyone has to be doing retros, like you said, so that you can a uncover what it is you need to improve on. But, but I think even more importantly, create this, this self-sustaining environment where your people are, uh, empowered they're always thinking about the environment they're working in they're thinking about how they can work together to, to solve things as well so yeah it's a really really cool tool that one and also is a one pager that's on the website so you can, you can head there and download that as well and the website is 
www.theagilecontactcenter.com.au. Head over there, go to tools, and you should be able to find uh, the retrospective and the improvement cutter, both on the website. They are indeed. Thank you, Arnie, for letting people know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, awesome. Anything else? Have you actually, have you seen any really cool types of retros people have run? Have you got any kind of really odd ones or different out of the box ones? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot that you can find online. Um, my kind of, I mean, I, I love the simplicity and, and um, the, you know, how useful that what's working well, what's not, what questions you have, but um, I know the four L's like people, people like I've used that before um, that, which kind of work works. So the four L's is, you know, what, what did you like or love? What did you long for? Um, what did you, um, uh, well, what, what do you long for? What it lacked? Yeah. How many is that? That's four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's the four L's. Um, the other one is like a sailboat. That one's oh pretty good. So yeah. the, the sailboat. Um, so that one is, um, you know, what, what's, a, what's ahead? Um, what's mm-hmm. pushing forward? Um, what's um, held you down? So like kind of like the anchor. Um, and there was a fourth one. What's pushed you forward? What's ahead? What's hold you down? And dangers ahead. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So that's the four. So that, that's a good one. If you're about to embark on a big project and you just want to get some alignment on, you know, the, what's, what's really great about it, but what's uh, maybe like, so there's a project you might've already been working on as well. Um, but you, you clarify some of the risks involved. Mm-hmm. You might clarify some anticipated risks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also gets everyone aligned on where, what, a vi- what the vision is. So, I like those three. Those are my kind of go-to. What about you, Sean? Was there any others in your mind? There was, there was one that I saw and because I was doing just doing a little bit of research before this, but, and then I remember that I'd actually done one very similar, but in the past when I was on a project um, and it's using traffic lights. So it was the, each element of the project. So it could be uh, like discovery, uh, design, testing, you know, development all that kind of stuff so whatever the whatever the different attributes of the project were and then people would come up and put red green or yellow against each one so they have dots and so that kind of gives you a bit of a heat map of where of, of how people feel like that is actually going so you, that again it's a really simple one very visual to say oh we seem to have a problem around testing everyone seems to think that's the issue and then you could dive into it okay, let's talk about that particular element of the project. So a bit of a health check type of retro style, but yeah, there's, I don't know, there's almost an unlimited number of retros, isn't there? And, and I suppose once you understand how, you know, what a retro is trying to achieve, you can kind of come up with your own. You can you know, mash a couple together if you think that it, it will get you the outcome that you need. So yes, that was uh, that was what I thought of. Um, but I also remembered a quote that I heard once that the... Um, the best retro is the one that happens. Hmm. So, yeah. and I thought, yeah, hey, that's, that's very true. That's very true. Make sure you make sure you have one. It doesn't really matter what it is, get, get the team to, to start talking. So, yeah, so that's the, yeah, the tools. Good job, Arnie. 
Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks, Sean. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're listening to this and you, you're thinking, this is great, I need to, I need to start doing this, um, where do I start? Start where you can. Like, I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Start where you can. Don't get too hung up. Don't, don't feel like you need to be super, super, you know, across this and, and be an absolute subject matter expert. Um, you know, even if you're not familiar with the tools, really, it's a, like at the end of the day, these tools enable an outcome. And if mm. you can get to that outcome just by having a conversation about whatever you're trying to solve, getting all the right people in a room to talk through it and get alignment on that, then that's great. You, you don't need to be completely um, focused on the how. It's, yeah. it's also just about, yeah, addressing that problem that needs to be solved. Sometimes yeah. addressing that elephant in the room, it can yeah. just unlock so much um, yeah. in terms of collaboration, communication in the team yeah. or amongst teams. And I'd say as well, if, you, if you're quite passionate about this and, and you want, you know, this is something that you feel like could be a value, but you're not really sure where to start. I would say just um, sh share this with your team. Just say, hey, I came across this tool. Um, yes. Like you can show, show the one page you're a meeting and say, hey, guys, I'm no expert on this, but it kind of it's got me thinking about different ways of doing things. And I don't know what problem we might solve, but here it is. Um, talk through it, kind of get a shared understanding of what it is with your team and then say, oh, this, do, do we feel like there's anything we could use this for? And then you kind of you start to enlist some support within your team as well. And everyone then has kind of a bit of shared accountability about what you might pick and where you might start. And, and just yeah have a have a crack at it so cool that's All good right. do you want Sorry. to uh do you want to lead us out arnie all right i'll give it i'll give it a go thanks so much for listening everyone to the agile contact center podcast uh we definitely hope you enjoyed uh what you've you've heard um if you liked it please rate us on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts give us a review We'll give you a shout out as well. You might, you'll be, you'll be on the internet. Um, as, <laughs> um, and if you want to get, um, you know, more of this information, you can head to our website, subscribe to our content. Um, you know, we, we, we promise we won't spam you really. It's about just trying to add value to, to uh, the work you're doing because we, we do have, um, we do really want to see uh, the customer experience world uh, improve because there's a there is a movement there's a new mm. new new world we were heading towards um, where the where customer experience teams aren't just a, a tool for an organization they're the heart the beating heart the voice of the customer um, they have a huge part to play to um, make organizations better and also provide better experiences for customers so um, yeah we'd love to just help uh, teams out there we're also on linkedin so get over there follow us if you haven't already again that's where some of the content goes to um so i think that's probably it have i missed anything i think you nailed it well done awesome that's, that's a that's a wrap i think that's a wrap thanks very much very much for listening everyone stay say safe mm, yeah thanks everyone and we will speak to you next time bye